Allie car. Willis is here. She just made it to the house. You're walking Trudging, up and down. Trudging. We won't say what street it's yes. on, but we, you're walking hilly. up and down the street. Very hilly. Very hilly. And you're you're a little... Uh, uh, you're spit- for mesh, for clams. Yes. Yes. But you're, you're here. All the Jewish words. I sent words. you a picture of the house. I know. I didn't look. I just thought, I know this street. I know I'm you're not a visual person. Trouble. I am. You're visually... Michelle is here. Hello. And, um, Hello. We're so how happy to have you Good here. You, well, I'm so happy to be here. Now, you have a podcast, don't you? I do not. And everyone in the world asks me if I do and why I don't. I thought you they did. Know. I don't. It's stupid. That why don't you? There, there's just been so many of a variety of things going on. And, you know, I always like to be first. Yes. And so I would say early 90s, I thought about doing this, like yeah. literally right out. You know how early I jumped yes. on the internet. Yeah. And um, then people started doing them and then more people started doing them. And I just went, it's too late. No, it's not too late, actually, um, because people are looking for curated voices and voices like yourself. Uh-huh. You have so much uh, of you own so much of what this city is and what this Ooh, city represents. That's nice. And you have an authority on not just show business, but Los Angeles, California, yeah, USA. Definitely. definitely. Uh, it is, it's an, it's amazing. Now you are from Detroit, Michigan. Absolutely. As, why are so many great artists from Detroit? Uh, my feeling about it is first of all, um, it is not to be underestimated the effect that Motown had on it. It wasn't just that there was a big label in the city and there were some famous people walking around. That record company came out of the assembly line. Mm-hmm. It was everyday people. It wasn't like a bunch of stars starting it. Detroit always had a kind of, we're going to show you what we're made of because you don't quite believe in us, even Mm -hmm. when it was the fourth richest city in the United States. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just think the soul sings in that city, rises up through the asphalt, even at its most abandoned times, Mm -hmm. which were, you know, over the last 30 years, the last couple of years, it has been having the world's greatest renaissance ever. Mm Um, so now everyone says, oh, you know, it's so hip to live in Detroit, you know, but, uh, before that you would tell people where you were from, totally proud of mm-hmm. where you were from. And all you would hear is, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and it's like, you idiots, idiots. But, um, so what, I, what part of town are you from? You, you, you go to Cass Technical High? No, I did. That was for really smart kids. Uh, Lily Tomlin went yes. there. And the Supremes um, went there. Uh, uh, not all. Not all. Not Diana all. did. Yeah, I think Diana she did. She went there for, um, uh, I think, to learn how to sew and design clothes or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. But Cass was a really good school. Mm. I went to Mumford, which that was, in my opinion, the hippest one. Incredible people mm-hmm. came out of there. It was... Um, a deco masterpiece. It was two blocks long. Is it long. still there? No. They mm. they uh, bulldozed it uh, about f- six years ago now. Oh, my goodness. However, I sent uh, someone in 
I gave them money. We paid off the guards, and I got the auditorium seats. I got the auditorium lights. I got the school motto. Uh And I'm the first person being inducted into the Mumford Hall of Fame in October. Oh, my goodness. Did they rebuild it? They rebuilt it. It's really nice inside. It's still Mumford. It's still Mumford, but the whole thing about this school, it was baby blue and pink Mm -hmm. for two and a half blocks. Mm. The most gorgeous deco building you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And they ripped it down and it's kind of like a a P-E-L-O, not even the, you know, not not even, they have a one little six inch stripe of blue going around Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Wrong color blue. Yeah. But- Really great for the kids inside, but outside it looks like a public storage yeah. facility. Well, well, we are talking <laughs> yeah. to Allie Willis here. Allie Willis, you guys know as a songwriter and as an artist uh, who has a, a <laughs> moniker that's different from her actual name. Sure she does. paints <laughs> as Bubbles, the artist. Bubble, yes, Bubbles, the artist. Bubbles, the artist. <laughs> uh, uh, I I don't know how many Bubbles paintings I own. I really don't. Uh, we're actually in it, my living room this now. This is mind boggling. There are, uh, I don't know how many are here well, now. Six, there's five. Six oh my god! And oh there's some god. in the kitchen too. Six, well, seven, seven in this room that we're sitting in. Yeah, and then in the kitchen, I think there are three, four. Oh my! That um, almost looks like a bubble. Almost, but it's, it's too good. Though. Almost. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I hate love, to say that of my client. But, I love you know. bubbles, the artist. Uh, um, but also, you know, um, and and you, and you, 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 like you said, you were at the forefront of the tech movement. That's why, and you have a studio at your house. I don't know why you don't have a podcast. It's so easy to do. It's, yeah, it's burgeoning. No, it's I still know. Is. Really, yeah. you yes. don't think you just look like? No, no it's like the way radio in. started. This is where it's that's going. Right. Yeah, and well, you have. A, I would enjoy doing it. That's you for certainly sure. would, and you know everybody in town. When Ali has a party, everybody in town is there. <laughs> everybody in town is there. So you know that's half the battle there. So, but yeah. I, I'm going to go back to Detroit. When did you come? When did you leave Detroit? I left Detroit in 1965 to go to college. Where? Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, Uh and uh, where I'm actually going back for my 50th, I don't know how to count, so I'm putting up 10 fingers, Wow, 50th uh, reunion, and I am conducting the 350-piece marching band (gasps) in a stadium that holds 82,000 people. Oh my goodness. At the homecoming game, um, right after I go to Detroit, and throw an after party for Motown 60. Officially, official Motown 60 weekend is is uh, September 21st. 21st night is September. Uh-huh. Through September 23rd. So I'm throwing the after party at a place coincidentally named the Willis Show Bar. Wow. On the 21st night of September. Wow. Which is the, you know, first line in my very first hit. Yes. Uh, September, September Twin Fire. And Fire. my parents met each other when they lived on that block on Willis Street, across the street from each other. Really? No. So whose yeah. last name is Willis? Is it your father's last My name? dad. But and they did live on Willis. They lived on Willis. Yeah. Willis is on Willis. So, uh, so I'm going from that madness. And Detroit for Motown 60 is going to be insane. Oh, and that's God. this year or that's next this year? year. This, this is year. 2019. Yeah. Okay, so 2019 yeah, in Detroit. In like three weeks. In three weeks yeah. is the Motown 60. M- yes, and I am actually one of six non-Motown artists, I guess, featured in the year-long Motown 60 exhibit that's up in the museum now. And I am right next to Oprah Winfrey and Nelson Mandela. Wow. Wow. So for me... 
who never would have been a songwriter ever had I not grown up in Detroit when Motown was coming up. Because I would go, I would sit on the front lawn every Saturday mm. and you could hear everything coming through the walls because it's just a tiny little sure. house. Yeah. Uh, what, what songs do you remember hearing? Oh, anything is album cuts. Yeah, or well, any hits? I I would I would hear bass lines. Yeah, you know it, it's what started me differentiating instruments. I was only like ten or yeah. eleven. I remember kind of knowing a bass line, and then uh, I can't help myself. Four oh, tops yeah. came on the radio, yeah. and I went, "That's it." Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whenever the love light shines. Oh, I love Supremes. that song. Yeah. And, you know, the Supremes were discovered because they sat on the front lawn, too. Yeah. yeah. So um, I wasn't hoping to be discovered. I was just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the How many kids were on the front world. lawn? Not, uh, mostly black, mostly wanting to sing. Yeah. I was just so um, obsessed that this was happening in my city. Yeah. And that the the... You know, all the kids that I was friends with, they were into a certain set of things. And then I was way east, mm -hmm. sitting on that lawn, like worshiping the radio stations in Detroit were mm -hmm. outrageous, mm -hmm. black and white. Yeah. So um, I just lived this whole underground music life that really no one even knew about. Yeah. You well, know? you know, a few years ago, probably eight, seven or eight years ago, there were all these documentaries that came out. Uh, all about Detroit and Detroit's renaissance. And <clears throat> the reason Detroit was this uh, pop music mecca, and I don't need to tell our listeners, you know, the, the steel mills and the auto industry brought a lot of people of color from the South during yeah. the Great Migration, and they brought their their blues and rhythm and talent, yeah. and that's how all this stuff happened. I mean, you know, I just finished rereading that book on Aretha by um, David Ritz. Haven't called, read it. I know it's good. I know people have told I've me, read this. I just yeah. finished my second reading of yeah. it because it's so juicy. Yeah. It's so good. R real, you think? Real? Oh, absolutely. Ooh. It reads, the way it reads, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's real. Because wow. if you knew, I, I I knew Aretha, just, you know, in, in passing, I performed yeah. at her birthday parties, uh, once at her Christmas party and once at her birthday party. Wow. And, you know, and we spoke on the phone and things like that. So- Hearing the stories in the book, you go, yeah. oh, no, this is real. This is absolutely real. <laughs> I wrote a bunch for her, but never met her. Did you, did you cut any of the stuff? Yeah, yeah. There, um, there was some, me, David Lasley, and I, you mean David Lasley? Oh, yeah, one yeah, of the most famous the backup singers of yeah, all time greatest. and great songwriter. He has worked, worked with... Uh, um, uh, Had a hit with Anita Baker. Yes. You and, Bring Me Joy. Um, uh, Lead Me On, we wrote together. That's Lead Me On yeah. for Maxine Ma Nightingale. Yeah, we wrote yes. that together. But he... Uh, so we wrote this song called There's a Star for Everyone. Mm. It wasn't going to be the single in those days. I was very snobby about things. I was used to being in the top five. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't think it was going to get there, it was like, okay, I got to, you know, move on. But it was uh, produced by Arif Martin. Really? Mm -hmm. and, and what album was it on? Oh, God. It was 1985 or six. 85, 86 would have been. There was, it was Who, Zoom, and Who. No, is before. The, or, it was right before Who, Zoom, and Who. Oh, right before Who, Zoom, and Who would have been the Luther albums. But this would have been on the uh, second Aretha album. The second huh. Aretha album. Cause her first 
album called Aretha was 1980 and was her first Arista record. Right. Then she had another album called Aretha in 86 with um, Rock-A-Lot, Another Night, uh, uh, Jimmy Lee. If that was the second album, that was probably it, especially if Luther was involved. Get it right. Get It Right was the Luther album, and then Jump To It. And then Who's Zoom and Who, and then Aretha. And then Aretha, yes. yeah. Maybe it was after. I, like, I work so much with Narda, Narda yes. Michael Walton. Yes, he produced those. Yeah, the, Who's the, Zoom and Who, yeah. Freeway of Love. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember. But I listened to it Yeah. when she passed. I thought, let me listen to that song. And I went, oh, my God, this song is so good. And she killed it. Yeah. I mean, she did she an kills incredible everything. job. Did you know, though, that I wrote the liner notes? This was my first job out of college. I was 21. And I wrote the liner notes to Aretha's Greatest Hits on Columbia. Oh. And I only found that out about six months ago when someone, like, found it on eBay and sent it to me. And Wait I was a minute. Like, how did you what? not find out? How did you not know this? I, it, I was writing... I, I worked at Columbia Records right when I got out of college. I was writing ads, radio commercials, and liner notes for originally the minority acts, which were the women, the blacks. Yeah. Uh, then they, you know, stuff started snowballing on. So I ended up everything from like Dolly Parton to Aretha. Liner to, notes. Did you use yeah. your name? On the Aretha one, I did. On the country ones, I didn't. I changed my name on Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash. I mean, I'm. I want to kill myself that I changed yeah. my name. Now. Yeah. But um, there were like a whole bunch of them, and then the ads. Look, first person I ever worked with out of college was uh, Laura Nero. Wow. And her manager was David Geffen. Wow. And that was his first gig too. So everyone was really just starting. So you get out of college, we're going to go to break in a minute, but you get out of college in Wisconsin and then you got, you head where? Detroit, but knowing I wasn't going to stay. You go back to Detroit and that's where you just, got the job with Columbia? No, no. Someone told me, because I majored in journalism with a minor in advertising. Mm. And someone told me that record companies had advertising departments. So I thought, you know, music ads, this is perfect. And um, I went to the, well, I originally went, someone uh, knew Florence Greenberg. Uh, I know that name Florence Greenberg discovered Dionne Warwick. She founded Scepter Records. Yeah. And she was the, like, the only huge woman in the advertising, uh, in the record uh, companies Uh in New York in Uh the 60s. And um, I actually got a job as her assistant. And when I showed up for work that day, she said, I can't do this anymore. I'm selling the label. I'm retiring. Oh, God. Yeah. So I've had that happen so many times in my career. So you leave you Detroit know. to go to Scepter in, in New York. And yeah. she says, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So, I'm done. So then you had to get another job. Yeah. And then a friend of mine's uncle worked at Columbia Records. So he set me up. I uh, got an interview. I, I um, you know, I wanted to be like a copywriter. I yeah. wanted to write real stuff. And they said, no, well, we're always looking for secretaries. <laughs> so they sent me upstairs. I was flunking that typing test for the 11th time. I was going to work at that label. I didn't care what it took. Yeah, yeah. And a twist of fate, the, the head of advertising called up and said, send her down. We don't care if she types. 
that secretary had quit that day. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. I got that job. And okay. Then, I want to ask you all yeah. about Columbia Records. We're going to take a break. We've got Allie Willis, great songwriter, just really like a Zelig of the just <laughs> Los Angeles entertainment industry, Detroit, everything. It's all here. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Did you guys know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? Well, Bombas is on a mission to change that. They created the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. And for every pair of socks purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Designed with special comfort innovations, colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, you name it, Bombas are perfect for the entire family. Family. Get your hands on a pair of Bombas socks and your feet will thank you. Now listen how fabulous this is. Bombas has donated over 20 million pairs of socks and counting. They're made from super soft, natural cotton, and every pair is designed with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's supportive but not too thick. Our new favorites are the new Merino wool socks designed to be breathable, dry, and never itchy with just the right amount of thickness. With tons of different colors, tons of different patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas also makes the perfect gift for everyone on your list. Guys, I know it's September, but let's think about it. We are getting right into holiday season. We wear them every day, and I'm telling you, they're, they're like bouncy. You get like a bounce in your step, especially when you wear them with a great pair of sneakers for a workout or a walk or a hike. It's just the perfect sock. Save 20% on your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash rue. That's bombas.com slash rue to save 20%. B-O-M. B-A-S dot com slash Rue. We've got Allie Willis. We're talking about Bubbles the Artist and why <laughs> Bubbles the Artist uh, is retired. I have no idea she why. Not she should never she be retired. You know, I think yeah. the key, um, Bubbles the Artist, um, I have, I don't, I've lost count of how many of these it's uh, high paintings double I have. Yes. I know that. Um, I have some in New York. I have some at this house and I have some down at the condo. Uh, uh, I didn't know Bubbles had retired. And I, I don't, um, you know, the key to this is getting in with the designers, the interior decorators, because that's how you get into people's homes. Yeah. And that's how the yeah. prices get yeah. really, because you're the Bubbles the Artist, because Allie Willis is also Bubbles the Artist. Um, uh, they were always reasonably priced. The whole idea, here was the whole thing with Bubbles. So I had had a separate art career through the 80s. You know, they're selling for a lot of money. Everyone's into art. The music is going at the same time. I am completely bored out of my mind, music mm. and art, which as a creative person is like death. Yeah. Just felt hideous yeah. every day. And um, I stopped doing the art and the music completely throughout the 90s. I stumbled onto the internet in 91, mm -hmm. had an immediate idea about a social network. I don't know anyone who used that term before me. Mm -hmm. uh, I hooked up with Mark Cuban, mm -hmm. who was my CEO for a few years, mm -hmm. but we were too early. No one understood what the internet was, let mm -hmm. alone... Uh, you know, we said the most important single thing about this is that it's social mm -hmm. and that people will be able to connect. Mm -hmm. And we were always like argued down by no, it's business. No, it's technology. But ultimately it was people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I spent the whole 90s trying to get that off of the ground. And finally, I realized I miss painting. I mm -hmm. miss songwriting. Mm -hmm. I miss working with real artists, mm -hmm. not an engineer who can make like a 
coffee bean roll across a page online and you think that, you know, there's no emotion, there's no story, there's no anything. So I thought, how can I jump back in? But um, because the industry was changing a lot through the 90s. And I thought, you know, there's one thing that I've always loved. I've always done it at my parties. I love bad artists yeah you know i found the del rubio triplets yeah. to me still the greatest group that ever lived yeah, yeah. we just had a spoof on them <laughs> uh, on, on oh. our show yeah oh so you know three at that time this was in the uh, mid 80s 75 uh, year old identical triplets big platinum bouffant um, yeah, most people know them helmets. from the... So from, they'll know them. They, they yeah. know them from the Pee-wee Golden Girls. Or Golden Girls. And Pee-wee, and, Pee-wee, and we just... Uh, yes, they, they sang Neutron Dance, which is one of your songs. Yeah. Uh, on uh, the Golden Girls. Yeah. And um, uh, we just had a spoof of them called the Del Rio triplets. Correct. On our show. Oh. Yes. They should have been called the Del Bubio triplets. <laughs> That's oh, smart. Yes, absolutely. My yeah, yeah, smart. But they were very protective over them. They, they, yes. they were. They were as virginal as the day they yeah. were born when they all, you know, passed. I gave yeah. all three eulogies. Oh my goodness. Did they pass uh, at the round, around the same time? No, it was really sad. As soon as the first one went, which was in 96, the other two just like curled up. There was yeah. no more music. Next was, I think, 2004. Next yeah. was 2009. Yeah. Well, um, wh- where were they from? Originally, um, uh, like El Salvador. Oh, or, yes, really? They, yeah, they had a heritage that no one knew about because yeah. they portrayed themselves as American. Yeah, yeah. But their father, well, wait, then you probably don't know that they were the uh, granddaughter of Teddy Roosevelt. What? They had presidential blood in they them. They were the granddaughter of Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. But they were El Salvador. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Huh. Okay. Uh, Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. And so there is still a like presidential library and one for the wife whose name was Edith Bowling Wilson yeah, and yeah. the Del Rubios are in that How museum. about that? Meanwhile, so, don't they pronounce Teddy Roosevelt Teddy Roosevelt? Isn't Dep- that the, there's a different, th- th- think they're different pronunciations. I always said Roosevelt yeah. for all of them. And I always thought the two were related. The I, Roosevelt, thought they, Roosevelt. I think they Teddy are related, but I think that the, the Teddy is Roosevelt and Delano is uh, Roosevelt. Huh. In, anyway. Don't know. So, so you just, anyway. where did you discover the Del Rubio um, triplets? They had been playing, they mostly played 99% of what they did was in convalescent homes, hospitals, convalescent homes. Captive audience. Yes. (laughs) And they felt that they were getting the same acknowledgement that, you know, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, you know, that this was a major response. And they were starting to get booked at parties, like hip parties, but not a lot, just a few bookings. And my uh, boyfriend at the time. A man? A man, yes. No, they're throwing both in. Uh Yeah, yeah, Yeah. ready to roll. Yeah, exactly. And um, so his agent, he, you know, was an artist actor. Mm -hmm. His agent had a flyer up on the wall uh, and it said, um, three gals, three guitars, we play 375 different kinds of music. Mm. And then they listed every single kind, you know, like four point uh-huh. font. Yeah, yeah. And there was no like rock and roll. There was nothing contemporary. 
So um, I uh, took this flyer because they were going to appear at this party that was really near my house. Yeah. And I went with Katie Seagal uh-huh. and uh, her manager, Bell's Wordling. So, and we were all good friends. And it was right on Colfax and Ventura. Uh-huh. So we drive like into this lot, which now is CBS, but yeah. this was like a corner that was free. And they say they're over there and they point to a porta potty. And there was a double wide porta potty. And it was very narrow path. I'm first, Katie's second, Bell is third. The door to this porta potty swings open, and I get that view for the first time of the three, you know, platinum hair helmets, mm-hmm. the teeny little short skirts, uh-huh. the go go booth, uh-huh. and two identical toilets uh-huh. right in back of that. <laughs> and literally <laughs> fell back, and the three of us collapsed like dominoes. <laughs> I fell on Katie, Katie, Katie fell on Belle, and we were down. Wow. And I was having a party. Uh, the stock exchange downtown had uh, closed. Here in Los Angeles. In, in L.A., yeah. downtown. And now they were going to make the stock exchange into a club. Uh-huh. And so they asked me to throw the opening night party. So 2,000 people. And, you know, stock exchange where you go to hit the button, that's raised up. It's Uh like a 20-foot platform. So I've got 2,000 people there, and the Del Rubios come out in the Mm miniskirts. So all 2,000 are getting, you know, the jewels, like, big time. Yeah, yeah. And their mouths are, like, gaping open. Neutron Dance that week because Beverly Hills Cop was a hit at that time. Number one song. Um, I think it was number six that week. Uh So huge song. They start playing it. Hard to recognize Uh at first Uh what it is. (laughs) They start on the verse. It is, I'm going, this is the best moment of my life. Because my joy always was to take something very high end, a hit song, combine it with something completely inappropriate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, as they're singing and the whole crowd, people are screaming because they would get applause. They wouldn't get people laughing at them. They were like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. And I hear this uproar in the back of the room and this club's like a block long. Uh And I can see the crowds parting, like hundreds of people and the screaming getting louder and louder. And I see as the Del Rubios are singing, this, this kind of pyramid of hair, and I realize it's Ruth Pointer, uh-huh. who sang the lead on the record. Yes. And she is like, get out of my fucking way. This oh. is my song. Uh-huh. And she literally, had I paid her for this, it couldn't have been better. Uh-huh. She pushes this crowd apart, climbs up a circular stairway, goes over to the three mics where the Del Rubios are, grabs the first mic out, and starts pounding her foot to try and get it to a different different rhythm. Different rhythm. Because Neutron Dance is fast. Yes, yeah. yeah. And they're going, boom, uh-huh. boom. <laughs> so she's like, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. She sings the chorus, pops the mic back down. They're appalled. Because uh-huh. like, they don't they know have, who it is. No, yeah. nor do they know it's a hit song. Yeah, they, yeah. To them, I wrote it, I gave it to them. That's yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So the whole song went back and forth like that. Oh, Honestly, my goodness. single greatest favorite moment wow. ever wow. in music. Amazing. <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah. And then uh, to have written, uh, I mean, is Neutron Dance the biggest song you've ever written? No, September by, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Fire. September has gone... 
Uh, also, I'll be there for you. The Friends theme, that one's oh, yes. bigger. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you calculate to be bigger. Right. Boogie Wonderland. But September is in a whole other. Yeah. What has happened to September this year, especially, uh, first of all, it um, uh, was, uh, uh, what is it called? Not, Since, uh, uh, the, inducted, yes, I guess. Yes, into the. Uh, into the <laughs> Library of Congress. And there are less than 300 songs in there. Really? That have been declared a permanent part of American history. And so September is in there. I'm surprised they didn't do both Boogie Wonderland and. Uh, yeah, September has a different life. Like, yeah. Every, I will get home now. There'll be at least 20 videos waiting for me. Yeah. Like people at weddings, bar mitzvahs, barbecues. Yeah. You know, it's it's constant. Why, it, what is it? I'm sorry. What yeah. is the significance of the 21st of September, though? Well, I only found out last year what it was. I've been telling people for 40 years, no significance. Just we sang all the dates, which we did. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like it was most in the pocket. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I was told last year that his son was supposed to be born on that date. I see. Uh, and the son wasn't born on that date, but no one ever told me there was any significance, but it makes sense why he held fast to the date. And we're talking about um, um, the, the um, Maurice White. White, Maurice White? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, you and Maurice White wrote it together. He, I started writing with Verdine. Mm -hmm. um, Fabulous and, Verdine. Yes, incredible. Uh, and he said, I'm going to tell my brother about you. I'm starving. Uh, you know, I'm on food stamps. I'm getting medical assistance. And two days later, the phone rang and it was Maurice. And all he said to me, literally, he said, is this Sally Willis? Yeah. He said, do you want to write the next Earth, Wind & Fire album Ooh. with me? Didn't uh -huh. say song, didn't, uh -huh. you know. And my life changed like Boom. Wow. Wow. You know. Wow. Um, so I want to tell you one more yeah. thing about September, though. There's, a, you know, I have a list of whose wedding songs it yeah. was from Beyonce, Jay-Z on down. But this last year, um, Spotify uh, told me that, A, on the 21st of September, it goes to number one. It doesn't matter what uh -huh. chart, doesn't yeah. matter what company, it's always number one. Yeah. Two, that there are thousands of uh, 21st Night of September parties mm -hmm. around the world, mm -hmm. which is one reason why it's downloaded so much or streamed that night. Um, and this last year, um, it this is 40 years after the original record by the original artist, it leapt back onto the Billboard charts, oh. stayed in the top 10 hip-hop for a month and knocked Eminem out of number one. Wow. That's so amazing. It, to me, that is a song that is in a whole other Well, also, place. you know, September 21st is also the, uh, is it the fall solstice. solstice and and it's, it's, it's sometimes Russia. It's International uh, Peace Day. We were not aware of any of this. Yeah. This is only stuff that I found out because there's always a rash of press. Um, there's always researchers like digging into it. We yeah. had some NPR did an entire research like yeah. project on it. It's an important so. date. It's always been significant to me, not just because of the song, but because um, it's um, it's the beginning for me. It's always the beginning of the year. It's the it's beginning a, of the oh, year wow. for me. Hmm. You know, oh. because years growing up uh, with television school. and school oh, yeah. and the new fall season, all that kind of stuff. Everything happens around that time. Yeah. It feels like. Um, 
at the new year's beginning. It felt we very much had that in mind writing it because I, I think you know this, I'm not sure. It was meant to be the third in a trilogy of songs. Mm. Two of which had been written already and had been hits, but all three of these were supposed to be in the same joyous spirit. Uh, what First, were the other songs? Sing a song. Oh, I Earth, love Wind that song. Fire, yeah, yeah. And best of all time, best of my love, emotions. Yes, yes. So if you think about those three songs, there is a similar yeah. happiness. Factor, I love it. I love it. You know, we've got Allie Willis. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Away luggage is the bomb.com. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless, but now they offer a range of essentials that solve real travel problems. So all you need to do is think about where you're headed next. They have the carry-on, which is a light and durable shell that's made to last a lifetime of travel, but it also has a built-in compression pad that helps you pack more in. Let me tell you, I have the bigger carry-on. If I can't fit stuff in my big suitcase that I checked in, I just put the excess stuff in the bigger carry-on because it works. And not only does it work and fit in, there's um, like it's the perfect size for the TSA. So it's making the most of the overhead bin. It's still allowed to go in the overhead bin and you get to have the extra stuff. It also has an optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged. I have that. And there's a removable laundry bag to separate dirty clothes from clean clothes. Uh, they are so smart at a way. All Away suitcases are designed to last a lifetime, but if any part of your suitcase breaks, Away's standout customer service team will have it arranged to be fixed or replaced ASAP. There's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes. Take it out on the road. Live with it. Travel with it. Get lost with it. I mean, don't really get lost, but you know, get lost with it. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. Free shipping on away order within the contiguous US, Europe, and Australia. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash rue20 and use the promo code rue20 during checkout. That's rue20 for $20 off. Awaytravel.com slash rue20. Ooh, you are going to love this suitcase. Y'all hiring, like you're a boss and you have a company and you want to staff it, hiring can be challenging. Hiring used to be hard, but there's one place where you could go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. It's ZipRecruiter.com. You've heard us talk about it. We believe in it. It's wonderful. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, but today... You don't need to worry about any of that because hiring could be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done and that is ZipRecruiter. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. ZipRecruiter with their powerful te matching technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one. They spotlight the top candidates so you never have to miss a great match and they're so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, What's the Tea listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RU. ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. It's ZipRecruiter, their smartest way to hire. We've got Allie Willis. We're talking everything Allie Willis. Detroit, her songwriting, Bubbles the Artist, her mm -hmm. love of Los Angeles and parties and knowing so many people. You know, I know uh, there's so many songs. It was Is it true, I think you may have told me this years ago, that you uh, uh, leveraged your publishing on a lot of these songs to put into the internet uh, business? 
I spent every dime I had trying to build a social network or to figure out what digital media in general, uh, as seen as entertainment, um, would be. And I was I was absolutely uh, convinced that it was uh, it was about connecting people, which is what I felt I did at my parties. And my parties were getting too big for my house. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it started. Where could I gather this many people and not have it be my my house? Exactly. So did you did you sell your publishing rights to these I songs? Didn't, uh, no, I had stopped. When I, the Friends theme, that was written in 1994. Mm. That was really when I was in the heat of it. And um, I just, when that song, I handed that in because I owed a seventh of a song to get out of my deal. And you I kept, owed a seventh of a song. You had a publishing deal with some- With a quota, which uh-huh. I never had before. And at that point, I was not, in, I wasn't interested in anything linear and I wasn't interested in anything interactive. And I felt I was really being unfair to my collaborators because I'd write the song and then I'd leave. I yeah. wouldn't stick around for the demo. I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't do anything. Because yeah. I'm thinking this stuff is all going to go away. Yeah. And there's this whole new form of stuff that no one is taking seriously yet. Right. And it's interesting to me, and I'm bored doing the other stuff. And I've pretty much always been a self-financed artist, but that began the beginning of my projects that were like so huge, it would just leave me broke all the time. Right, right. Um, So did you you sell your, do you still get royalties from those songs? Yes, but different songs, different royalties. What does that um, mean? Like, well, early, early Earth, Wind, and Fire stuff, I didn't own any publishing on because it was you were going to be on those records, you were giving up your publishing. Plus, you, I had a publisher who had automatically taken fifty. Right. So, but you, so you still get writers' uh, royalties. Yes, but those got a little reduced too in order to get on some of the big records. It was a very common process. It's not a fair process. But honestly, what I've written September for free, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, but was that on all, like, was that on all the Narda records? Because I No. By that time, I had gotten 50% back. Right. Um, And then you just split it with how many writers there were. Are you still able to live off of the royalties from your songwriting? Um, If I live extremely carefully, because I'm still self-funding all my stuff. And, you know, that Detroit project I did, that yeah. was five years, yeah. literally wow. five years, you know, of every single day, there were employees, there were shooters, there were, you know, it was crazy. But that one did me and that I just went, I'm, I'm too old. Yeah. You know, but so <laughs> yeah. like for a song like Neutron Dance, which went to number one, um, how many writers are on that? Just two. Just two. Who's the other writer? Danny Cimbello. One oh, of my, my goodness. Absolute favorite wow. collaborator. Michael Cimbello's brother? Yeah, he's um, gone, though. Danny or Michael? Michael Drowned. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, no, wrong. Danny. Danny oh Drowned. Danny. Michael's still with us. Yeah. Um, Danny was like my guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I would think, though, with a big song like that that has, still hasn't gone away, you could live off of just that one song. You could if you were not someone who was a collector like I was, not someone who was so passionate about their art that if I understand this is where I need to go, I got to get everything I got to get to go there. Yeah. Um, But I am way more behaved 
way more yeah. now um, than I was because it, you know, it's one thing to live like you're 21 when you're 41, when yeah. you're 51, get to 71 and ain't no fun. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, I know. So, I know. I'm just, I'm curious because you know, the, 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 uh, the cuts from uh, songwriting, it's always been like voodoo. It's like this weird science where there's the publishing part and there's the writer's share. Right. And then there's the mechanical of the actual physical record itself, yeah. which um, I sort of have a loose understanding. I've never spoken to anyone who has a real... I, I don't either. That's, <laughs> that's my downfall. I know nothing about business. Even hearing about it makes me like nervous. Yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, a lot of this is my own fault because I don't keep yeah. on. I mean, I now I have someone who does. Yeah. But before it's just like, I want to work. I don't care what it takes. I want to throw the best party. I want to do, you know. Yeah. Did you write All American Girls? Yes. I love that Sister Sledge. I yeah. love it. You, did you also write, ooh. You to my heart tonight. Don't throw it away. I don't remember the name of Baby. it, but yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, called, it's called Oh, You Caught My Heart Tonight. Yes, that those were all with Narda. Oh my God, I yeah. love that song. Yeah, there were two more on there. He's he's just the runaway. Oh, I love that song. Runaway. I love Runaway, which and they I, did a, a Bob Marley tribute later. I never knew that. And I'm you on, never knew no, that? No, and I'm on eBay not even two months ago. And I'm going, what is this? Like all this Bob Marley yeah. stuff. So I started, you know, buying them up. Well, they, there's the All American Girls um, album. And uh, one of the singles was He's a, he's a, he's a Runaway. Yeah. And, and um, when the single came out, uh, a few um, singles away, they did uh, recut it as a reggae song and it, as a Bob Marley tribute who had recently passed away. So, well, yes, so. I, I still have never heard it because I don't have a player anymore. So I've got a bunch of singles sitting at home, but I've uh, never, ever heard it. You are kidding me. Not kidding. I wish I don't even have my computer. I use, I would usually have it on my computer. So now, okay, the songwriting. So after the theme from Fringe, you devoted your time to the internet and Mark Cuban, Cuban, Cuban. Yeah. And, uh, and until bubbles, until bubbles, until came along. I got sick of all of it. I was just seeing all these people turn into not millionaires, billionaires. Yeah. And I thought if the Silicon Valley uh, people really understood what the Hollywood people were doing, these would not be the people they were giving zillions of right. dollars of to, to do interactive stuff. Yeah. And the Hollywood people were throwing silly money into the Silicon Valley people, as were huge Silicon Valley companies throwing it into if you did something 3D. If you did something that looked appealing to them and you could get yourself through a sales pitch, mm -hmm. you were like a, a trillionaire. I love it. I love but it. But it was so dishonest and so immoral to me. So when that bubble burst, mm -hmm. I didn't get hurt by any of it because I hadn't made anything, mm -hmm. you know, from it. But it was like anyone who did not see this coming in the same way that anyone who did not see all the crap that goes on today because the things that stopped us from pushing through and actually getting it done, we did not know how we were going to protect people's copyrights. Mm -hmm. We had no idea how we were going to stop bullying. Mm -hmm. um, just all of these things that Mark Zuckerberg and the like just went, who cares? Yeah. Right? You know, I'm They'll doing figure it this. out later. Yeah. And look what a mess of yeah. the world. Just, just greedy, piggish. 
It just makes me insane. And I lived around it, and it's why I became Bubbles the Artist. Mm -hmm. I went from this just complex bullshit back to what is the absolute simplest, most yeah. naive existence I could have. Yeah. And, you know, that was it. Yeah. Now, I see our producer is trying to get my attention because he's got... That's that's the original version. Runaway? Is yeah, that runaway? that's the original version. I haven't heard that in... Yeah, I love it. That's the original. Four years. Yeah. We're looking for the Bob Marley tribute. Now, okay, Ali, wow. we, we touched on this a minute ago, and you are a connector. You, you and our friend Sammy McKinney, who's yeah. no longer with us, you are one mm. of those people who knows how to connect people. And at your parties... There could be a politician next to Angeline, uh, Angeline and Tony Basil and, you know, oh, this is it Never right heard it. Yeah. Never heard it. This is uh, Sister Sledge. Song. Did Narda do this? Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Ali Willis wrote. Oh, my God. It's a single version of the song. Never heard it. So oh, man. God, I love them. Sister Sledge. Yeah, I, I heard your Nile Rogers interview uh -huh. and all the talk about Sister Sledge was incredible. Wouldn't it be nice if the songwriter knew? It just always uh, happens. You know, yeah, it's gorgeous. gorgeous oh, so good. Wow. But it's interesting though, even with the internet and your love of the internet, how um, just just generally speaking, those things wouldn't come up, you know, or they would come up. Well, e even without the internet, I had one song that I only found out was a hit maybe six, seven years ago. I never told anyone I wrote this song. It only got to number 20. And again, I'm used to like top 10, But top would, the royalty checks would have let you know. But I don't get the royalty checks direct. And the money scares me. So uh. as long as it felt to me like enough was coming in. Yeah. And this... Um, uh, it actually happened when I started going to pot shops, to, uh -huh. you know, cannabis, like medical marijuana yeah. thing. And so all the guys, you know, there's guys in working in there and they're like in their early thirties and, you know, you want to buddy up to them. You want the best sure. deals. So, um, <laughs> I, yes. you know, I said, no, I'm a songwriter and I always know no matter what, I don't care if you're two years old, you're going to know September. Yeah. You're going to know the friend's name sure. for sure. Absolutely. So, um, anyway, and at that time I had like a greatest hits CD that mm -hmm. if I really needed to bowl someone over here, take yeah, this. Yeah. Uniformly, every time, every, not only every like pot shop I went into, every 30 year old I would meet would throw a fit, would not care about the other songs other than one called You're the Best, Joe Esposito, Karate Kid. Oh. And to this day, I now put it in my greatest hits. Look, he's uh -huh. smiling. Uh -huh. He's so excited. He can't stand it. Uh -huh. I put that in my uh, greatest hits method yeah. now. Yeah. There's, I have maybe eight songs in there. Nothing gets applause like You're the Best. You're gets kidding me. And I think it's because a it was large, that and Bruce Lee there would be uh -huh. no karate craze yeah, without yeah. those two things. How about that? And I that? think it's so sentimental for people of that age. Yeah. 
uh, and they got their little karate suits yeah. and, you know, it was the jubilant song. You're the in, best uh, by Joe Esposito, Esposito, who was in uh, Brooklyn Dreams, yes, who was a great, great singer. Yeah, we were friends before. Yeah. yeah. He, well, he, um, he's he, the one who sang on the Donna Summer. Donna Summer, yeah. Heaven oh, Knows. Every, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. got a big hit on uh, Flashdance, too. He's Lady, uh, Lady, Lady. Yeah. And he sang everything behind yeah. her. Yeah. Behind Donna. So. Oh, my goodness. But, so You're yeah. the Best is the one that really it, still resonates the most uh, with kids. Kids. Forget kids. It doesn't matter in my here's, my This is a little bit of here's, uh, you're the best. Karate Kid 2. Up to the microphone. It's got a little reggae thing to it. A little bit. Okay, so there's a big story about this. Should I wait till we get to the chorus? We'll get to the chorus and then hope it doesn't go to a double verse. It's too cheap of a song to go to a double verse. Here it comes. Oh my God, of course. Here we go. All right. I love it. So it's Karate so Kid So listen too. to the story. Yes, uh-huh. but it wasn't originally. It was originally Rocky Three. Oh. And Sylvester Stallone was going to sing it. Uh-huh. Oh. And I wrote it with Bill Conti, who wrote the Rocky oh, theme yes, and like yes. all that, like Knott's Landing. Oh God, and, yes. You know all that stuff. Yeah. And um, he said, we need, you know, it's third Rocky movie. We need a song like that has fight in it. I like did not want to be writing this. I only wanted to write serious songs. I felt like, oh, I'm starting to sell myself out. Mm. And as a joke, I'm yelling, fight, till you know, know, Uh and these kind of very bombastic melodies. And it was like a joke to me, but Bill seemed to like it. He had good taste. Yeah. And then he said, okay, we got to go in the studio with Stallone. Uh-huh. So Stallone would come in and sing that song, but he never put down the final vocal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We were in the studio with him maybe three, four times. Uh-huh. And then we're waiting for him the last time. Real, it's getting really late. And he calls up Bill and he says, um, I'm not doing the song. I found a group. I own Survivor. the group yep. and they're doing it. And when I looked on my original, cause I've been going through uh, like all, you know how much I are demos. I've been things. going through yeah. everything. Uh, and my original deal was to write a song called eye of the tiger. Oh. So then I'm on a radio, uh, an interview, doing an interview maybe a year ago. Uh-huh. And they're um, asking me about you're the best because Trump, was you know more than a year ago, three years ago now. Oh. Trump was using it as a campaign wow. song. Wow. And I was very upset about yeah. it, very vocal. And so they're asking me about it. And I tell them the whole story. And I say, yeah, you know, and, and that became Eye of the Tiger. Right. And the interviewer gets very silent. He says, you're not going to believe this. I'm the lead singer of Survivor. You are yeah. kidding me. So the whole thing just went. Wow. You live long yeah. enough. Everything yeah. comes back yeah. around. And so we figured the whole, he put two and two together. Yeah. And I put two and two together. It was like, oh, wow. my yeah. God. Survivor had a, a, yeah. a huge hit with Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. Still and it was good. I, I mean, good I, re- I really like that It's song. a good song. Hey, yeah. we've got Allie Willis. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. 
Ooh, y'all, we are going to talk about Casper Mattress because you know we love it. Casper, our friends over there, is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Yes, we are talking a fraction of the price. They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. They also have breathable designs, and those help you sleep, cool, and regulate your body temperature throughout the night because there is nothing more disgusting than waking up in a pool of sweat. It's because of your mattress. They even arrive right to your doorstep in a transportable box. And guys, you've heard us talk about it before. Casper isn't just a mattress company. They also offer sheets, pillows, bed frames, and even those doggy beds that my dogs absolutely adore. So everyone in the family sleeps comfier than ever before. Now, Casper's hybrid mattresses combine the pressure relief of their award-winning foam with durable yet gentle springs. It's a new innovation for them. It offers the best of both worlds, luxurious comfort, and resilient support. Added benefits of the hybrid collection has an elevated lift support, increased airflow for cooling, just like I was talking about, durability for all body types and enhanced edge support. You got to get them edges in check. Even with the springs, these mattresses still somehow magically arrive on your doorstep in a box. I just don't know how they do it. We've got the Casper Hybrid. My daughter got the Casper Hybrid. I've got the Wave. Any Casper mattress you get, you will not go wrong. And you could be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. And did I mention free shipping and returns throughout the U.S. and Canada? Get $100 towards select mattress purchases by visiting casper.com slash rue using the offer code rue at checkout. That's casper.com slash ru. Terms and conditions apply. We are back with uh, Allie Willis. He hit the button before I was oh, really uh-huh. ready, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, Allie asked uh, how long we, we've been doing the podcast for four years. Is that correct? Four, so four years. It's I th- I'm pretty sure it's four years because in March. Sorry. What? It's five. Yeah, we've been doing it since 2014. 2014. Holy okay, five, five years, years on the podcast, and then Michelle and I have been have known each other since right after the Korean War. Yeah, and then <laughs> we look uh, good. We, yeah, <laughs> and uh, but we we were doing Morning Drive Radio in yeah. New York in and that was ninety six. Well, that long ago. Yeah, but oh, we I knew each other that. from before that from the clubs. From the ladies. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So Amazing. now now speaking of clubs, you know, I met someone at one of your parties, famous for your parties, because um, uh, you, your house is this. Kitsch Wonder Boogie Wonderland in in it's the valley. Willis Wonderland. It, Will, oh, Willis Wonderland, yeah. and it's it's Pepto Bismol pink, and it's got all the uh, the kitsch. a little lighter, a little, a little lighter. lighter. It's a little yeah, lighter. It's not it's more, like shocking pink, more like baby, it's more pastel yeah. pink. Yeah, you know who I met there? Uh, uh, who I just love is um, uh, Leslie Ann Warren. Oh, yeah, she's a good friend of yours. Dad, she's one of my oldest. She was my very first friend when I moved to L.A. Really. And I met her a few years before. We had the same music director, Bob Esty. Oh, Bob Esty, yeah. the famous Casablanca, Take yes. Me Home, uh, Share, and Hell on Wheels. Arranged and so many, Last Dance. Arranged Come on. Last How does Dance. It get better and than and, that? and the, the fight song, uh, Barbara Streisand. Uh, Bruce's song, Bruce Roberts. Yes, Bruce Roberts' um, song, yeah. yeah. Uh, the main event. Yes, um, yes. Great. Yeah. Is he still with us, Bob Estes? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, you met through, you met uh, Leslie Ann uh, Warren. He was both of our musical directors. This was the very first time, it was the first 10 songs I ever wrote. I had an album coming out on Epic. He was my musical director. What was the name of your album? Child Star. Child Star. Child Star. And At you as the artist. Yes. First 10 songs I ever wrote, scared out of my mind. 
dropped almost immediately. <laughs> what label was it? Epic. Uh-huh. Where I was working. So I had to you quit were Columbia, in order yes. to do the record because it was a conflict of interest. However, I did get my songwriting start because of that album. So I can't be too... Uh, um, the day I was dropped after actually Sharon Red. Uh-huh. Sharon okay, Red. Sharon Red, one the, of the hard Beat the Street. Beat yes, the Street. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. big disco yes. hit. Um, she was in the Harlots. And um, the day I was dropped, she said, you shouldn't be alone. Come to this recording session with me. I go, last place I want to be when I've been dropped <laughs> mm-hmm. is that someone right. who's like still got a deal. But she was adamant. And I walked in. And this is the God's truth, how it happened. I opened the door. Sharon goes in before me. The singer, who I didn't know, turns around, which maybe 10 feet away from me, looks at me, runs over, drops to her knees, starts bowing, and looks up at me and says, what are you doing here? Go home and write me a song. Uh-huh. And it was Bonnie Raitt. Wow. Yeah, and so that's how the songwriting Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. All of my stories about who really gave me the big breaks are all to these just like bizarre. How did that happen? Like, how did you end up there? Well, you never know where that next big idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very Bashir. Uh, You never know where that next big idea is coming from. So you have to stay in the game, especially when uh, you may feel you're at your lowest point, having been dropped by your label, you have to Get your yeah. big girl panties on and it get on out there. It changed me. It, that single thing changed my attitude forever. I really? never was as scared. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen to me? What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm doing. You're no good. You know, all that stuff that comes along with it. Because something like that, that was such a freakish thing. Yeah happened yeah and then um then i figured it would roll from there which it doesn't i would get like a couple (laughs) things cut but nothing either if it was a significant artist it wasn't a significant cut yeah um well but then but lead me on was was that That was was 76 no 78 78 actually 79 Oh, oh 78 same person sharon red along with the harlots charlotte crossley Mm -hmm. ula hedwig um, they get a deal with David Rubinson. Mm-hmm. He, that's how was I the met big Nara. lawyer for. Um, no, no, a record producer. He did. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. He did um, pointers. Uh, the pointers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was thinking of David Franklin, who was the lawyer oh. for everyone yeah, at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Roberta Flack. And, yeah, Rubinson yeah. owned a huge studio called the Automat uh-huh. in San Francisco. Uh huh. And he gave the Harlets a deal. They fly up there. They've got. The was songs he had a deal with Blue Note Records? With Blue Thumb. I, actually, I don't remember. Oh. What, what, whatever the pointers were, whatever the original pointers were on. Yeah, they were on Blue Thumb. They were huh. on Blue Thumb, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so he was producing them. They bring demos of mine, a lot of which are just me humming mm-hmm. or just me literally singing a cappella. I'm tapping the pencils. Mm-hmm. You know, I still don't know how to play, but nope, I write the music. That's and, the perfectly you know, fine these works days. For you. Yeah. Works for me. So anyway, uh, he's also producing Patti LaBelle. Patty LaBelle hears the demos, pays for me to come up uh, to San Francisco. I go get to go in the studio, put my songs down as demos. Mm-hmm. She says to me, as soon as I'm there, I have another friend, implying it was kind of like a friend like me, not mm-hmm. really, but mm-hmm. um, who's up here and he needs lyrics. So I think 
I'm with the big fish. I yeah. Ain't, I ain't going uh, with the with the friend. That's uh-huh. like two of me. Who needs that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I avoid for a few days. One day I'm walking down the hallway. The door to that studio where the friend is opens. And I'm like trapped. <clears throat> I duck into the bathroom. Have to go anyway. Sit on the toilet. The next thing I know, the door to the bathroom opens and I hear like heavy feet, like uh-huh. it's male uh-huh. kind of feet and they slip under the, the stall. <laughs> so his head is maybe what, a foot and a half from mine or something. <laughs> and he says, Patty says, you're a great writer. Come to Studio B. So I had to go in. Yeah. I wanted to get it over with because I wanted to be back with Patty. Uh-huh. And we're in the middle of, he had music written already. We're in the middle of the second songs and writing lyrics alone bored the shit out of me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but now we're co-writing these lyrics and he gets a call and it's the first time I really have a chance to stare at him because, you know, they would, they would bring the phone over and then you kind of twist to the side. Yeah. You're trying to have a private conversation. And I'm staring at him, staring at him. And then I look around and I realize there's an extraordinary amount of keyboards in the room. And I look at him again and it's like, oh my God, it's Herbie Hancock. Oh my goodness. So I ended up writing a a quarter, I think, of that album and like a third of the next just from that one trip up there. So all my stuff happened that way. I sit next to someone at a dinner party. Yeah. Uh, you know, none of it is a record company setting me up, you know, go right with this. Sure. Yeah. They're just these Fate. weird all the time mm. to this day. Um, well, and that's that's know. the big headline here for people listening. If they are aspiring, whatever, you yeah. have to be a songwriter is that you got to get out of the house. You got to yeah. get out of the house. You got to go uh, shake some hands. You got to yeah. let people know what it is you want to do. Yeah. Or you just got to be places. Like, I don't feel yeah. like going places so often. Oh. And it's like, it changed my life. Yes. You know. Wow. And so I just want to circle back around to uh, the parties. I mean, we, we uh, just, just for timeline, just so it was Columbia Records writing uh, liner notes for at Columbia Records. And then what becoming brought you? Becoming an artist. C- becoming an artist there. Yes. How long were you at uh, Columbia Records for um, uh, uh, doing copywriting and then morphing into an artist? Uh, 69, I started. 72, I wrote my first song maybe 73 found a kind of manager who was my boss at the mm-hmm. record company. Um, and this is in New York. In New York. Uh, the producer was Jerry Ragavoy. Oh yeah. From yeah. Uh, uh, hair. Uh, the, no, 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 no. That's Ragney. Ragney. Ragavoy, unbelievable songwriter, oh, producer. What? Peace of my heart. Peace of my heart. Time and- is on my side. Yeah, I um, I know uh, there's a there's a bigger one though. There's a bigger yeah, song. Yeah, he's he's very associated with like Joplin. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so not, then not fade away. I think I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, and then so the album your solo album brought um, you out here. Yes, because if I was gonna what start, is that? Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Yeah, that was by um, Howard. Oh my God, Bonnie Bonnie cut it. Bonnie Raid. Um, 
But yeah, it, it was kind of like a R&B classic, that song. Right. So that brought you, the solo album brought you out here, and that's what started the yeah, songwriting thing. Yeah, I started hat-checking in New York. I was the hat-check girl, Catch a Rising Star. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Comedy Club. Yeah. When Saturday Night was being put together. So yes, I was a hat-check girl, but couldn't have been there at a more exciting time yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, and I also hung posters for Reno Sweeney's, which I remember was that. the cabaret. Yeah. yeah. And then I came out here and wanted to get a deal turned down by every single publisher, like 20, 25 of them. And the place I really wanted to be, which was the best one, was A&M. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why am I going there if everyone else turned me down? Mm -hmm. But there was no place left, and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I took, I only had one, I had a busted up reel to reel. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even afford to make like a cassette. Mm. And the box, you know, all the corners are ripped. And I sit down, like feeling like total... Shit, because I know I'm five minutes in this beautiful office and I'm like back out on yeah, the street. Yeah. And a guy named Chuck Kay, who was a really big music publisher at the mm. time, um, uh, was head of it. And he puts the reel to reel on and it's this song Child Star, mm -hmm. which, by the way, was the first song anyone outside of my next door neighbor ever heard of mine. And that would have been by Bette Midler in 1972. And um, anyway, he's playing the song and he, you know, yanks the thing to a stop. I grab my stuff. I'm getting up <laughs> and I turn back around. And he's got his hand stuck out. Yeah. And he like says, to shake it. And he says, congratulations, you have a deal. It was wow. like at a &M Records from half a song. Wow. And then within the next uh, eight weeks, I got 11 songs cut, including Lead Me On. Yeah, wow, amazing. So, yeah. so, but no, but Child Star was on Epic. Yeah. But, uh, but oh, so the, this was, so Chuck K gave you the he, publishing this deal. This was after, yeah. I see. Child Star was cut between 72 and 74. Mm -hmm. Publishing deal was uh, tail end of 77 going into 78. I see. And then the Patty, Herbie, Earth, Wind, and Fire happened in 79, and then the thing exploded. And then exploded, right. Yeah. So now, um, let's fast forward. Um, we're talking about these parties. What are you saying, Alex? You're saying, okay, yeah. Um, you have these parties at your house. How is it that you know all these people? Is it just being in LA? Um, first of all, I never think that I know people. I'm always <laughs> like, oh, no one's at the party, uh -huh. or no one's going to come. You know, that same old stuff. Uh, and then if one person who I was really counting on didn't show up, to me, I could barely see who else was there. Uh, I worked for years consciously to try and kill that. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I finally did. And one of the first parties where I felt myself slipping back but actually did have a great time was the very first Bubbles auction where you bought nine of them. Uh -huh. <laughs> he bought nine. Not surprising at no all. no one, it, it went from 12 to six. Mm -hmm. And I had all these paintings hanging on clotheslines uh -huh. around my backyard. Yeah. 
and then little clipboards underneath where you could put your bids in. And the only people that were bidding before five o'clock, I could tell that it was Prudence going around and making <laughs> names so I wouldn't feel bad. And then Lily walked in. Lily Tomlin, Tomlin yeah. And she started signing these things for real. And then it was like a mad rush. Really? You know? And I kept walking around on these signs. There were 100 paintings. Mm -hmm. I painted 100 paintings in a month. Oh my God. And because I had this idea, I'm going to like be the manager. She's going to get me back into doing yeah. fun things. And um, and then I started walking around and I saw RuPaul, Lily Tomlin, and I'd see the names all over the place. And it was like, you're going to be saved. This is going to be all right. <laughs> and I swore from that point on, because I still visualize that moment. That uh, that I need to keep like my panic and the insecurity and all that stuff. You need to keep it in check because me especially, I never know what's gonna happen. And he was in a suit. He had a briefcase with him. Uh -huh. I mean, he was Rue was ready. He's always got his do, briefcase, honey. Ready to do business. Always a bag. Yes. No. And so she bought the most. You bought next, and then the Zappa family as a yes. whole bought. Yeah. That was third, and all but eight paintings went. Wow, out of a hundred. Yeah. But the whole purpose of Bubbles was I was so sick of. All these people becoming the millionaires, billionaires, you know, who I did, so many of them I felt didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. That bu Bubbles' whole thing was to get away from the big money and try and get back to why people just enjoy sure. art. Mm. Yeah. And make them laugh and make them happy. And so I, the, for those first paintings, I remember the cheapest one was 65, the most dollars. The most expensive was 250, mm. 250. Mark Cuban bought that one because he had just made his deal with Yahoo mm. uh -huh. and he had days before sold his company for 3.2 billion or 2.3 oh, billion dollars. Yeah. So I, I think just out of pity, he bought the most expensive <laughs> one. Well, I think it's time for Bubbles the Artist to get back. I do too. Well, it's, I'm feeling the itch and I've had enough people inquire about like commissions lately. Yeah. I, I should probably just put no, it it's, down. No, it's no, again, it. you know, you, you know that there is a rhythm and a frequency yeah. in this life. It's always been under your, uh, under your wings, guiding you along. And this is it. Uh, it's time for you to get back behind that, uh, easel and, uh, give, uh, <laughs> bubbles a, a she chance. Doesn't, you, she never aff could afford an easel. <laughs> She, well, I'm going to have to change how she painted because she painted on the floor. Well, now I need a crane to get me on. Yeah, well, so she can yeah. sit on a stool. But here's the good thing, though, because I did start performing. Oh, God, you were at the first performance I did in 37 years. The single worst, most humiliating, death-defying night in my life. It was fabulous. It was hideous. There were 500 technical crew, crew cues Nothing from the minute I walk down stage <laughs> and it's flashing, turn battery pack on, turn bat oh like God. the whole thing was a everything mess. that could have gone wrong. Everything. Went wrong. This is at the El Porto yes. in uh, in North, North Hollywood. Yes. yes, and he's sitting in the front row, of and course. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> and there were a bunch of like famous people there, and it's like, oh God, Lily how? was there, yeah. and every all your friends how, were there. Yeah. How could this be happening? Do you remember Lunell going yes, on stage? Yes, Lunell. Oh, yep. Okay, yeah. Lunell, one of my best girlfriends 
She comes on stage to try and tell jokes to help me out. (laughs) And the microphone all of a sudden started working. And so I push her away. She sits in a chair because I had built this big, long desk out of a car, uh, like fenders and everything. And the chair has wheels on it. And the chair starts slipping. So in the middle of all of this technical catastrophe, there is Lunell in a miniskirt that's already up to her chest <laughs> in, you know, high heels and everything, slowly slipping out of this chair with her crotch, just moving toward- In 3D. The, yes, the audience. The audience <laughs> in 3D. Yeah. Everything that could go wrong. And I thought to myself, if I don't get up, if I don't learn from this, if I don't get up and do this again- I'm never going to do it. And I always felt it was the glue missing in my career. Because mm-hmm. if you perform, they can see everything sure. that you do. Yeah. So um, it took me about four months. At first, I put a band together, like a great band. That was one mistake. What the fuck am I doing <laughs> out there with the piano player? I couldn't stand that to begin with, like yeah. back in the cabarets. Yeah. So, um, and then, and that started going great. And then, but I'm spending so much money. On it, I'm spending forty grand a weekend. Oh my doing goodness! This show. Oh my goodness! And um, I thought, well, th- my songs—they're all sing-alongs. I do everything now as sing-alongs, because everyone knows the records. So what do I need the band for? I right. got the records. That's right. So I have figured out over the years how to do it. I just—I have the oh, my band is my people that work with me at my house, my cleaning lady, uh-huh. my, um, you know, my tech guy, well, two tech guys. Um, and then Andre Alexander, who's a frequent co-writer of mine, who does nothing on the keyboard, but try and trip me up. Uh-huh. Like really bad, you know. So just, you're taking this show and you're putting it out on the road? Yeah, well, I, I, I do it a lot in LA. I do it in Detroit. Now, and so where where can people if they want to go to this show? How do they find well, you? Well, the only thing I have twenty we're right now booking for twenty twenty because I took twenty nineteen off because I had one specific project that I was working on. Mm-hmm. Took that off, um, so we're booking it now. Is it AllieWillis.com? Yes, it'll AllieWillis.com. But you spell your Ally different. It's A L L E E. And Willis, I'm also doing as in, and then as in what you talking Willis. about Willis. Right. What yeah. you t- yes. And I've even called some of the shows that yeah. you know what you talking about Allie Willis. <laughs> and I love that. Um, and then I'm doing a comedy thing. I haven't done anything like this with Lily Margaret Cho, Kevin Nealon on the 7th of October. It's a fundraiser, but I have not been in those heights comedically yet. yeah so that a little scary but i'm very excited about that well you guys if you 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 know you should experience the ali willis uh story because it's so inspirational just for anyone who wants to take this life and be creative and not put boundaries on what it is you can do creatively and, and ali willis is just a a beacon i mean songwriter uh fine artist performer you know tech 
tech entrepreneur. It's all there. <laughs> soon and to be podcaster. Soon to be yes. podcaster. I will. Well, on your guys' words. You I'm have to do it. Serious. Hey, thank you so much, thank Allie, you. for joining us. And thank if you, you ever need a guest for your podcast, uh, listen, you know, let me know. Does think I'm not going to take you? Oh, should do it. You should you do are. it. You know, you've got the facilities. I know what yeah, your yeah, house. Yeah, it's yeah. all there. Yeah. So thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Love you all. I love your story. All right. It's fabulous. Many more. And Michelle, besides. Yes, that was amazing. Amazing. Until next time, my love. Yes, my baby. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.